Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Sarah Todd coming up here momentarily. She covers the jazz for the Deseret News. And I'll tell you what, Gordon, she got, uh, I believe her first game covering the jazz was the Jordan Clarkson trade game, his first game with the jazz, somewhere around that time. Mm-hmm. And in her, her short time on the, the jazz beat, she's had uh, that. She's had that big winning streak that followed. She had the the up and down of Mike Conley returning, and now she's covering the NBA uh, and the Jazz amidst the COVID nineteen pandemic. So, uh, her first aboard. her first several months on the job have not been you know normal. Yes, yeah, that's. I don't know how anybody could prepare for this. Seriously. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Of course, she covers the Jazz for the Deseret News. She's Sarah Todd with us here on the Big Show. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, as well as I can do for still isolating myself for the most part from society. I know, isn't it? We were just talking about that, how, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your your first game covering the Jazz, was it the Jordan Clarkson game or it was right around there, right? It was the first home game with him. I think that that was December around... Right around the end of December. I can't remember exactly the day, but it was the first home game with him. So you've gone from that to the turnaround where they caught fire, to some bumps and skids, to the Oklahoma City night with Rudy, to now covering the Jazz amidst the pandemic. This has been uh, an interesting first month, a few months on the job for you, Sarah. Thrown right into the deep end. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the NBA is absolutely undefeated in being crazy, and uh, I've had quite a few crazy seasons that I've covered in my years within the league, and this one is no different in that it's crazy, but the crazy is different. <laughs> Yeah, the crazy is off the charts, is what it is. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know anybody on this planet that has ever experienced anything quite like this, far beyond the boundaries of basketball. Well, and the thing is, is that every we're we're learning every day. There's not anything that we could have prepared for to, you know, expect something like th- like this to happen. And as more news is coming out and as we're learning more about the virus and as we're learning more about the NBA's plans, it's all kind of on the fly. And so everyone's learning about it together and it's not like anybody else is an anybody's an expert in what the NBA is going to do and how this is going to look because it's so new. What are your thoughts on somebody who's covered the NBA for a long time on the plan to return? Are there things that stand out or are lacking in your mind? I think the biggest thing is the questions that still surround the uh, risk around the virus. And like I said, there's so much that we don't know. But what what we do know is that cases are rising not only here in Utah, but especially in Florida, where all the teams are planning on going. And... While the NBA's plan uh, is exactly what experts have said that they should do, and they've made you know different safety protocols and guidelines that will really help them. I mean, if I'm a person who's just in regular society, living in a in that sort of a bubble environment sounds more safe than anything else, and so that all sounds good. The risk then is like the Disney resort restaurant hotel employees who won't be held to the same sort of standard and protocols that the players and staff are. They aren't planning to test them for COVID-19 daily as they are the players. And 
so what you risk is people from the outside bringing the virus in. And I think that that's really valid concerns, along with all the other concerns that people have. We, we've heard today alone that we know of two players that are opting out, Davis Bertans from the Wizards and Trevor Reza for the Blazers, and both for different reasons. I mean, Bertans is coming up on a free agency uh, period where he's going to be able to make a lot of money. And Ariza is doing it because uh, it was, you know, a choice between parenting and playing basketball. And so there's a lot of things that are going to go into these decisions for these players that aren't just basketball related. And I think that we just have to take it in a case by case basis. Do you how do you feel about those players for whatever reason deciding not to participate? Do you hold anything against them, or do you think they uh, they should be free just as the NBA has provided the opportunity to do that? Yeah, I mean, if, if the NBA is giving them the opportunities, then who are we to say that they should or shouldn't? Because this is this isn't like um, I've heard a couple of people tried to compare it to any other NBA playoff. Um, mm-hmm. period during the year where we're going into that and then maybe a player's like, well, I don't want to play in the playoffs because I'm coming up on a free agency year. Well, that's not the same because you would have been going in it to, with months of competitive experience and ramping up to it. This is a completely different situation where guys haven't touched a basketball in some cases for three months. And so this isn't like any other year. And it's also with incredible health risk for a pandemic that has, is really scary. And especially for, you know, people who live in multi-generational homes or have children or uh, have uh, people in their families that are, you know, compromised. Like these are really big decisions that they're going to have to make. And I wouldn't hold it against anybody, even if it was for the reason fear of injury coming up on a free agent year. That. That's a legitimate reason to be scared, especially when you know that you're going to be going from playing no basketball to the most competitive basketball of the year. Sarah Todd is with us from the Desert News. Uh, talked about the Jazz on the floor for a moment, Sarah. No Bogdanovich, uh, and that's going to be rough. I mean, 20 points a night, and he was having a terrific season. Who, um, I guess, who's going to be responsible for picking up the majority of that slack? Yeah, I mean, I think probably in the seeding games, the regular season games that they're calling seeding games that they're going to play ahead of playoff games, you might see a little bit of Quinn Snyder picking into the bench a little bit deeper. But for the most part, because this is going to be playoff basketball, I think that they're going to probably stick mostly with their regular rotation guys. It's just going to be more minutes for those guys and for it to be spread around a little bit differently. You know, bringing Joe Ingles into the starting lineup and having Royce O'Neal being kind of the only other guy that can play that four position with size and bulk is going to hamper them. Um, But And I think that not having Bogdanovich, who is such a lethal threat from outside, is going to be a problem for them, and it's lessening their chances from having any sort of significant push deep into the playoffs. But I I wouldn't anticipate their rotation changing drastically, just a little bit of the minutes being spread around in a different way. Okay, so if the rotation isn't going to vary – What about the roles of the players on the floor? Do you expect Mike Conley, for instance, to be given a green light to do some of the things, to handle the ball a little more, maybe to be a little more aggressive as opposed to just pass, 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 shoot? Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody's going to 
be expected to do a little bit more and have a little bit more of a green light. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Bogdanovich who could have easily been a 20-point-a-night guy. You've got to fill in that somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere. And so especially for a guy like Mike Conley, this is not only going to be an opportunity for him to kind of prove his mettle with the team, have to work hard to make sure that he's open for some of those shots and has that green light. And so the spacing is going to have to change a little bit. Conley's probably going to have to be a little bit more offensively aggressive in production areas. And other guys are going to have to make sure that they work so that those things can actually come to fruition on the court. You're not going to see like exactly the same type of roles that you would when you have Bogdanovich coming in because they're going to have to move around spacing and the way that guys play. And you know, to your point, Mike Conley's one of the guys that's going to have to do things a little bit differently. And with Mike Conley kind of stepping up production offensively, you might see Donovan have to take on a little bit more of like spacing and pacing and um, passing a little bit more just to make things move in a different way. Other than the Jazz, the team you cover, Sarah, is there a, another NBA team you're really curious to see return and uh, if if they can maybe overachieve? Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, photos of um, the Joker, uh, Jokic, and how he's lost significant weight. And so I'm very interested to see how he's going to look on the floor. Um, I'm always interested to see how some of the younger rising stars look. I think that's really exciting, especially during the playoffs. So when you think about a guy like Luka Doncic, that's interesting to me. But also you're going to have a team in the West when the Blazers, who really want to make a push to try to grab that eight seed, and they're probably going to have uh, Collins and Nurkic back in the lineup for the playoffs. So two guys really important to their lineup, especially in Nurkic, that they haven't had all season that are going to be coming back in. And so they're going to look different. They're going to play different, and they're really driven. And so I think those are interesting teams. Some of the other teams at the top of the West, I think you know what you're going to get from them, but more of the middling teams and then lower in the Western standings, I think those are going to be very, very interesting to see. Sarah, I'm uh, I'm curious to know, coming in the way you did from covering other teams, what, what do you make, uh, how do you evaluate the Jazz at their current state, uh, where they are in their progression? Uh, are, are you impressed by what you see, or do you see things that you think, oh, man, there's a big hole here, there's a big hole there? What, what's your overall evaluation? Well, I think that there's a lot to look at to be happy about uh, the development of Mitchell and uh, development of other players on the team and having guys that want to, you know, stick around and sign into extensions like Ingles and Royce O'Neal. Those are good players to have around that can not only draw other players in, but they're valuable in progressing. Um, I think that there, there are holes. I mean, the way that the team stacks up right now, especially without having Bogdanovich for this playoff, it gets harder to say that this team is going to make some sort of a deep playoff push. I think that you're going to have to really think about the future and how you're going to build the team around Rudy and Donovan if that's going to be your core. Because as it stands right now, the team looks like and feels like it's going to continue to be sort of a middling playoff team, not a legitimate contender. And so if you're looking to build, I think there are areas around – that outside and it might have to wait for a couple of years because not only do you have to figure out what you're going to do with 
Rudy and Donovan's extension, but Mike Conley's contract, which he's probably going to opt into for next season, I mean, those three take up such a large chunk of the cap, and we don't know what's going to happen with the cap either, that it's hard to kind of build out and make sure that you have every piece that you want to kind of elevate the team higher. And so I think that there are areas that need to be elevated, but the core and the development that the team has done, I think is really impressive. And not only by me, but around the league, people are really impressed with what the Jazz have done. All right. Excuse me, Sarah, this is going to be the last question for me, but uh, I do follow you on Twitter, of course, at NBA Sarah, if you want to get to Sarah's latest, and I recommend you do. But you were responding to a tweet asking, what's the dumbest reason you got fired? You were really fired from a job for stopping to, uh, you were witnessing a car accident and you stopped to help and you got fired? That is, that is ludicrous. Yeah, I was on my. I was working in San Diego. I sold. Uh, I was working in a ticket booth for a, a company that did harbor tours in San Diego, and I was driving to work. And on the freeway, there was this massive three or four car accident, and I was the car right behind it. And so I had to slam on my brakes to avoid the accident. And once I'd pulled over and gotten out and walked over, there was a lady, one of the last cars in the pileup, and. Uh, she rammed her arm against the steering wheel and she was bleeding pretty bad from it. And um, I, my mom used to work as an EMT. And so I thought, okay, don't touch her. Don't try to get her out of the car. She has to do it on her own because you don't want to cause any more damage. But she was bleeding pretty bad. And so I used my car keys to rip a hole in the shirt that I was wearing and tore off the bottom part. And I tied it around her arm while she was sitting there just to stop some of the bleeding. And... I stayed there until the ambulances got there and the police and everything. I made a statement, and then I ended up being like an hour late for work for this part-time minimum wage job selling tickets for Harbor Tours. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, the next, my next shift when I got there, they were like, "Hey, let's go talk for a minute." And they took me up to the roof of the building to the roof, some sort of the <laughs> some sort of like mafia hit scene. I don't know what was like why we were up there. And uh, my manager told me that they were letting me go. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, I showed I had blood on my shirt. And they're like, well, it doesn't really sound like a true story. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. Because this is just so, ketchup, not uh, not blood. Because this is, you know, I just plant that there. <laughs> yeah. So that's, Unbelievable. that's why I got my, they, they said it was my second infraction. My first was wearing sandals on the job. How dare you? So. <laughs> How dare you okay, at a boat so, tour? How dare so you? I, so I need to ask you this question then, and it's been bugging me for a long time, and I don't know whether you can answer it, and it's really got nothing to do with the core of what you were just talking about. But I once went with my family on a sailboat that that gave rides around – it was, it was anchored there in San Diego Harbor there – and I can't remember the name of that darn boat. Do you remember a sailboat that used to, it was kind of a unique looking thing that used to give uh, tours on that? Yeah, there's like five or six different of those companies. Uh, okay. The one that I worked for, they didn't have a sailboat. It was more like sort of ferry style boats and then a couple of miniature cruise ships that would do like whale watching tours and stuff like that. Uh, but from what I remember, there wasn't a sailboat. So maybe you were with the okay. right company. Well, maybe, but, uh, you know, maybe, did the SS Minnow go out of San Diego's harbor? I can't remember. No, that was that was somewhere else. You know what? Neither Sarah nor I am old enough to get that joke, Gordon. <laughs> well, you know, we... <laughs> no, no. Hey, I got that. I got that. Gilligan's <laughs> Island? Come on. Yeah. 
Oh, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Sarah, you are terrific to come on with us. We love it when you have a chance to. Thank you very much. And certainly excited we're going to talk more basketball as the season gets closer. Yeah, thanks a lot. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks. That's Sarah Todd. Covers the Jazz for the Des News. She does a great job. Uh, again, you can follow her on Twitter at NBA Sarah. I read that. She she was telling that story on Twitter. I couldn't believe it. Like, she shows up to work. She's got a torn shirt with blood on it and saying, I, I witnessed a traffic accident. And they said, oh, that doesn't sound true. You're fired. <laughs> that is, That's crazy. Is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard? That's One so of them? Bad. That's so bad. So, another, you know, a manager or something was inconvenienced for an hour for Sarah to do her, you know, like, duty as a citizen, right? And it's like, nope. Fired. Wow, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that. But anyway, yeah. she's yeah, great. That, uh, uh, yeah. She she does a great job for the Desert News, and uh, big thanks to her for jumping on with us. That what's was, the best uh, reason? What's the weirdest reason you ever got fired for? You know what? I'm I'm gonna knock on wood here, Gordon. I don't. I've never been fired. You've never been fired. I've never been fired. I think everybody needs to be fired at one point or another. You know what? I I feel almost like I'm uh, jinxing it by saying that. So maybe I should have made something up. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been fired. No one would ever fire me. No, and that's not Wait the message minute. I want to get out there. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. Because <laughs> back in my day, I think I worked just bad enough jobs that they couldn't find anybody else to do it, so they, they wouldn't fire me. I don't know. Not in the from there, family. You went, you went from there straight to the top, huh? Well, I don't think many people. My first job was a janitor at an elementary school. I don't think they had, like, applicants, you know lining up out the door to take that one all right all right you know cleaning and those sorts of things gordon i know it's kind of a foreign topic to you i i thought i heard someone say once that everyone needs to be fired at least once or maybe once so they and i don't can't remember the reason i think it was supposed to was that the president let you know (laughs) sorry (laughs) oh oh, these days uh austin that carries all kinds of meaning Mm, not joking what's the name of the da in new york i don't know uh well i would make it a lot in order joke and say adam schiff but he's actually a real person and from new york you ever wonder about that coincidence how the da in a fictional show has the same name of the senator from the same state that Dick Wolf that makes those shows. He knows what he's doing. I guess so. And then he runs the little disclaimer. All of these characters are fictional, even though they have the exact same names, the same height, the same weight, the same look right. as real people. You can't sue me. Well, I think toward the later end <laughs> dun, of that, that show's run, I think Jack McCoy was the DA. I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's get out of this own phone. Joining us now has been hanging out with us all show. He's our friend, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, you know, Andrew, I love it when you have a chance to jump on the show because you really do help our listeners. And I know sometimes this isn't the most comfortable topic of conversation, but the truth is a lot of people suffer from ED and they don't need to. Yeah, there is a lot of people. For some reason, there's a gap in our medical care. We've, we've advanced in so many areas but erectile dysfunction really hasn't, and we've been medicating it in basically the same way for 30 years. And anybody taking the pill can tell you about the downsides when it comes to the pill, whether that's the lack of spontaneity, whether it's the side effects, or it just doesn't work in the first place. The acoustic wave therapy, uh, particularly the type of technology that we use, has been clinically shown to open up and regrow blood vessels. And I think it's important for guys to know that 
most of the erectile dysfunction out there is caused by damaged, aging, or blocked blood vessels. So that's what we're treating. The actual problem, uh, the science page at Wasatch Medical Clinic com breaks down all the journals and the articles. Cambridge has now come out with a study talking about how effective acoustic wave therapy is. And I believe this is a breakthrough. I mean, we say breakthrough, but I believe it is. After 30 years, we finally have something to get the spontaneity back. Yeah, that's, you know, that's great. I remember back to, you know, 20, 30 years ago, as you're talking about when the, the pill was first a thing. And it, it's amazing that it's gone that long without some sort of advancement, especially with the downside that a lot of those treatments bring. Yeah, it really has all, you know, it's been the pill. The other thing would be that there are injections. And I probably don't have to, you know, tell your listeners that that is not ideal. You do not want to be using injections. Other than that, they have not had many options. So we're seeing guys come in that say, I have been struggling for 10 years or 20 years, and I'm so glad there's an alternative now. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Get on that schedule. And uh, our listeners uh, with no risk can come come in and find out if that alternative works for them. Yes, this is a no obligation, no sales pitch consultation with a medical doctor. He'll test your blood flow. He'll look at your medical history. We'll even throw in a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom, uh, all free to those that call and set up that consult. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right, we've got a really great Sounds of Various Clips coming up next, also known as Drop of the Day. A real big story nationally involving NASCAR, and uh, this this drop is really cool. You're going to want to stick around for it. It's all straight ahead here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips, brought to you today by our friends at Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can spend smarter at GetDivi.com. Yesterday, Gordon, the big uh, story across uh, the sports world, of course, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace, whose initial um, outspokenness uh, caused—is that a word? Caused some reforms in NASCAR. Gordon, we saw NASCAR uh, forbid the Confederate battle flag at all of their events, and he drove with uh, Black Lives Matter on his car. He's the only uh, NASCAR at this level, the the top level NASCAR driver who is black. And uh, uh, just horrible story. Yesterday in his garage, uh, part of his crew found a a noose. Uh, that was left by somebody and everybody from the the, uh, the the feds on down to local authorities to NASCAR itself is investigating into exactly who would do such a thing. And of, of course, there was, a, you know, outcry uh, about it. Now, the rain or the, uh, the the race itself was delayed at Talladega due to rain and resumed today. And we'll talk about that here in a moment. But I did think it was cool that Richard Petty, who owns the race team yes. that Bubba races for, has not gone to any sort of events since the COVID-19 pandemic, he showed up uh, to the race uh, today. And I love this because he wanted to hug his driver. Yeah, King Richard, man, when he speaks, people listen. Yep. 
And uh, that was a, that was a great move on his part. Thought that was pretty neat. And yeah, then did as, you see all the drivers? That, yes. Uh, help, yeah. That's what I was going to get to. And then today, as they uh, they're uh, starting for Talladega, and uh, by the way, in case you wanted to know, uh, Wallace is currently in third in that race, by the way, so he's performing pretty well. But all of NASCAR, as Gordon, as you were just saying, basically, uh, you know, we're talking all the the drivers, we're talking all the crew, we're talking everybody, this big, long parade. Everybody helped push his car to its starting spot today at Talladega, which I thought was an unbelievable show of togetherness and, uh, uh, you know, a push to do what is right. And, uh, Gordon, I want to play this for you because I really want to get your reaction. This is the communication between Wallace and his crew chief as they're getting ready to go. Looking for your bow ties all day. Keep yourself in a good spot. You know, I love you, man. We all do. Take care of yourself out there. Put us in a good spot. Get yourself a deep breath. Get your mind right. Let's go shut these haters up. How about that, Gordon? Pretty, <laughs> that's pretty cool, right? Let's shut these haters up. That's beautiful. Let's go to work. Let's shut Man. these haters up. I love that. That just that that when I when I saw that before the show today, that just uh, brought me up a notch. You know, I thought I, that was pretty cool. I just I just can't wrap my mind around these kinds of gestures. This thought process, if that's what it is. I mean, anybody who would do that. I, I just, it makes you wonder what the hell's wrong with people. Well, it, it makes... And the response, the response was absolutely beautiful. And I love the fact that King Richard came out. I love the fact that the other drivers said to hell with that and to hell with that thinking. And you know, I don't like to swear, Jake, but damn it all to hell. What's the matter with people? Knock that crap off. I mean, we're better than that. Aren't we? I understand people make mistakes. I understand that sometimes we get lost in our thinking. But to actually someone take a noose and hang it in the garage, what the? I mean, that, that's just that's just as almost incomprehensible. Unfortunately, it's not for people like Bubba Wallace who face that kind of maybe, I don't know, various levels of that kind of stupidity uh, too often. And it's just, I, I, I love the response. I love the support. I love that sport essentially is telling those people to shut the hell up. I guess that's why I really admire, and I never thought I'd say this, I admire what NASCAR is doing. I, I really do, because by making these statements and supporting this driver, they really have a lot to lose. Because whether you understand it or not, Gordon, uh, that people with that type of feeling make up I don't want to say significant because I don't believe that, but they make up a portion of NASCAR's fan base. People spending mm-hmm. money, people bring, you know, those Confederate flags to races. There's a lot of them. There, there are people again, whether we understand it or not, that those people spend money on NASCAR's product. So I think it says a lot of them who have something to lose by showing support to this driver that they're doing it anyway. I think that speaks really loudly. Yes. Plus, it goes against their traditional stereotype, which, again, maybe, you know, a lesson to learn is never judge a book by its cover because NASCAR is a really va- uh, loud voice in this. And it's not like the NBA or the NFL where the majority of their players, you know, feel similarly. This is one driver. Yeah. And they're all getting behind one driver. And I. 
It's really impressive. Good for NASCAR. Well, good for NASCAR. Yeah, and what you were alluding there to is it, it, it might cost them some some fans. It might cost them some money. It will, and cost yet they've taken a stance anyway. Yep, taking a stand, and and maybe maybe this will maybe this will draw more fans who will appreciate that kind of unity. See, I, I don't know. I don't think it will. That's why I, I like the sacrifice, actually, because, you know, you like a sport or you don't. I could see fans being like, wow, this is great of NASCAR. And then they tune in to five laps and go, oh, yeah, this is why I don't watch this mm-hmm. sport. But that's that's what makes it more admirable to me is they know they're going to lose fans. They do. Yeah. They know they're yeah. going to lose gate and they know they're going to lose support. But it's not going to cost them their business. You know, they know they can move on without it and be just fine without it and maybe do some good in society at the same time I I do I admire that and where are the, you know they most of their races are in the part of the country where this is probably the most controversial mm. not to say that you know different parts of the country are innocent by any means but I mean kind of ground zero that's that's where NASCAR operates they're they're right there and based in Charlotte North Carolina and so, I think the then the fact that the the other drivers were uh, eager to participate in that. Uh, that big is, deal. Uh, yeah, that that's speaks volumes. It's just kind of like, okay, we we're drivers. We know what it takes to do this. We know what it takes to be good. And Bubba Wallace is really good. And they're not going to stand for that. And that was a thing of beauty. Yep. And I love that. Uh, let's go shut those haters up. Let's yep. go to work. Love that. Mm -hmm. That was great. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. It's time for a back-to-basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, Gordo, let's go over some timeline stuff. And this uh, is pending player approval. We're expecting that coming up shortly as well. But the transaction window uh, opens up tomorrow at 10 p.m or excuse me, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. It ends June 30th at 10 p.m. Mountain Time. And Gordon, I'm not expecting a ton from the Jazz. They have 15 players already under contract, meaning if they were to add somebody, they'd have to release somebody. So we'll see because the Bogdanovich injury does change things a little bit. Maybe you need a front court player instead of a guard. We'll see what happens. But the Jazz do have 15 players under contract. Mm, Yeah. Yes, uh, and uh, who knows whether what they're going to need once they get going again. Uh, do, you, do you think the, do you think uh, that Quinn will use a bunch of players uh, at the beginning? And that's kind of what Sarah Todd alluded to from the Desert News when she joined us. Maybe you see him go deeper into the bench for that first part and then tighten it up. Yeah. And, and we don't know, you know, injuries of course happen. Uh, COVID nineteen still out there, and they may need more players. So, well, it's an opportunity for somebody. Yep. All right. The NBA will allow ten coaches in facilities starting tomorrow as players start returning. Uh, teams can have, uh, f- excuse me, eight players at the facility. Or f- I'm sorry, let me start again. Teams can have four players at the facility June twenty third through the thirtieth, and eight players at a time in the facility from July first through the ninth. From there, they'll head to Orlando. Orlando for full training camps. And that's a back to basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank.
Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We also want to remind you the big show is going to be at the warehouse on Thursday, 86 East University Parkway. Come see us in Orem. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. Gordon, uh, I've got some, uh, this is some breaking news news, but uh, probably good for folks to know out there. Uh, this is coming from uh, Jeremy Harris at Channel 2. says, breaking, there's a large fire on the Salt Lake Community College Redwood campus. Uh, he wow. says, we're being kept a ways back because there are hazardous materials in the building. So, uh, not good. If you're in that area, it might be, might be good to steer clear. And uh, I guess uh, hearts or uh, support to the Folks there, the students at the community college, hope everything's okay. It's the Redwood yeah. campus of the Salt Lake Community College, 4600 South and Redwood Road. I'm seeing some pictures. There seems to be a lot of smoke, so hope well, we've everybody's all been okay. Out, we've all been out there uh, at the, uh, the, that's where the arena is, right? The, yeah, where the stars play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, stay safe out there, everybody. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's, that's scary stuff. As if we don't all have enough on our plates. Let's... Let's not start with that, but uh, yeah. yeah. Hope everybody's hope everybody's uh, doing okay. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Uh, apparently, the NASCAR race just ended. I don't have it up here on the monitor, Gordon. I'll see if I can find uh, exactly uh, uh, how that uh, finished out because uh, Wallace was uh, Bubba Wallace was in third last I saw, and literally seconds ago, I'm just seeing it wrapped up. So we'll see where he finished. But it seems like he was having a pretty good race. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, uh, good for him. He, he uh, uh, given those circumstances, uh, for him to, uh, you know, be even more determined to uh, move forward and not to let acts of hate uh, get in his way. And like we talked about earlier, I just think it's a beautiful thing that those drivers uh, showed the solidarity, the support, and the unity along with Bubbitt. I don't know if this is official on ESPN.com. They have him finishing fifth, but again, I don't know if that's uh, that's official. But that's a that's a great finish for him. That's, that's awesome. Solid. Yeah. Ryan yeah. Blaney is your winner. Ryan Blaney is the winner. Okay. Well, then ESPN is not correct. So I will stop that I think, fake. News. Well, I think what you're seeing on ESPN is the starting positions. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's what it was. Start finish. What's the difference? Says there well, was a incredible, very exciting finish. And Ryan Blaney came out on top. And okay. I don't know exactly the details of how it ended. Right. So do I would we know assume his car went across the line before another car. Do we know where Bubba Wallace finished? Uh, no, I don't have the full list oh, okay. yet. Okay, all right. Okay. Anyway, good for NASCAR. Again, I, you know, you never thought that they would be a leader in a, a, a situation like this, but boy, they've spoken loudly, and uh, and I think it's terrific. So nothing yeah. but support. And I'll, I'll tell you this, well, on my bucket list, and I am not a big NASCAR fan, I'm just not a big racing fan in general, but certainly on my bucket list is going to a NASCAR race. I'd love to go down to Vegas, actually, when it's when it's uh, there, just to, to get the experience, because I have heard it's unique. Speaking of Talladega, I had some friends that did a road trip to go uh, watch uh, a race on the infield in Talladega, and they said it was incredible. So maybe maybe this would be a good excuse to show a little support and cross that one off the bucket list next time they come to Vegas, and we can actually go. Talladega is one of those big tracks, right? I mean, that's uh, that's that's a big track. Um, if you're going to go to the Vegas one, then pl- 
Fourth then, for Wallace. Great finish. I'm sorry, yeah, 14th. Totally. 14th. Still a good finish. Anyway, so, sorry. Uh, so, uh, Jake, if you're going to go to Vegas, you better uh, plan for a long day because uh, getting in and out of there can take a t- uh, quite a bit of time. Oh, yeah. I learned that one the hard way. Uh, by the way, apparently third place finished backwards. Wow. How about that? You mean was well, sliding to, out? I have or? to wait and see the video, but. No, Gordon, have I, have I told you that story about how I learned that one the hard way? It was when uh, the NASCAR race was on the same weekend as the start of the West Coast Conference yes. tournament. Uh, and I drove down there not thinking about it. And I don't know. I think the traffic went all the way back to Mesquite. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, geez, what's this all about? And then it hits me. Oh, yeah. The, the NASCAR event. 100,000 people pouring out of an event space at the same time does not really make for fluid, uh, a fluid traffic situation. Were you, which, wait, which direction were you going? I was coming toward the city. Okay. So you and, know how the, the track is north of Las Vegas, right? right? Uh-huh. So everybody was going into Las Vegas, and then the mm. normal like traffic that would be coming into Las Vegas backed up from there. Okay. Well, yeah. What do you I've mean? Heard. Are you questioning my story? No, like, no, no. Are, no, are, are you going, are you investigating the truthfulness no, of my I'm not, uh, anecdote? I'm not, I'm not you. I, I trust what you say. And, but I've talked to many other people who have had similar experiences getting caught up in that traffic jam, and they weren't even at the race. Yeah, I, I was not either. And in subsequent years where I've had the same sort of scheduling issue, I have definitely looked and definitely left planning for that traffic and uh, have driven past while it's still going on and thought to myself, man, am I glad I'm here early. That's probably true for nearly any big race any event like that, right? Or any big I mean, sporting event. I mean, it's you, you put that many people in one place at one time, it, it's amazing how fast we do get people out of there. So if you could watch any race, and and, and, and I'm going to fly you there, Jake. It's, it's, a, it's a travel expense distance not on the table at all. You can go anywhere to watch a race. Would you go to a, a Formula One race? Would you go to the Indy 500? Would you pick NASCAR something else? I'd go to the Coca-Cola 600 NASCAR in uh, Charlotte at Charlotte Motor Speedway because I uh, am very familiar with uh, the outside of that stadium, but I've never been inside it. Mm, okay. And that's the longest race, right? Well, it's 600 miles, which is more than 500. And Charlotte, you know, the, the, the heart of NASCAR. I don't know. What would you pick? Uh, I think I'd probably pick Indy. I've never been to that. I've never seen that. I, I think that would be interesting to see. Uh, although uh, a racetrack that was in my home state is still there, the Dover at Dover. Right. That is, what do they call that, the Miracle Mile or something? The track is pretty small. And so you can see, I, I've been told this, I've never been to the track, but you can see the whole race happening in front of you. Hmm. Instead of, say, you know, some of these longer tracks where the stands go all over the place and you're, different people are seeing different things, different vantage points. And that's what that's what I understand. I don't know if that's 100 percent true or not, but that would be kind of cool to be able to see it all happen in front of you. No doubt. All right. We'll have more big show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another Monday comes and goes. Gordon, we want to say thanks to Chris Mannix and Sarah Todd of the Deseret News who joined the show today. I thought both were terrific and both are up online at 1280thezone.com or wherever you find your podcasts if you didn't have a chance to hear them. Yes, yes, yes. A good show today, Jake. Uh, a lot to talk about, a lot on our minds from from the bounce of a basketball to the support of a NASCAR driver who deserved it. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, so it, it's shaping up to be a busy week. You know, some things uh, look to be happening with the Players Association. As soon as they fully get on board and get that vote out of the way, Gordon, we're, we're off and running. And uh, coaches, we found out that uh, the 10 coaches can be in the facility starting tomorrow. Uh, you know, limited workouts with four players for the rest of this month, and then that ramps up to eight. So, I mean, yep. it's slowly, slowly working back. Yeah, it's on its way. Even as uh, we uh, continue as a society to face the issues of the coronavirus and uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be able to do the right things necessary in order to get these, to get those numbers tamped down again and we can move forward and and function uh the way we all hope to no doubt about it uh gordon you you doing the movie thing still with fam what's what's going on tonight on your plate you got uh you you've done with the marvel movies you're doing a documentary or a comedy Uh, i don't know i don't know what's going on tonight i watched uh in into the wild last night had not seen that movie how'd that go i have not uh it austin did you see that uh, I've seen parts of it. Uh, don't watch yeah. with grandma. Yeah, it's a little sad. I mean, watching somebody deteriorate like that. But uh, wow, it's quite a story. And on quite that a note, story, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. There's a lot I of guess. comedies you could be uplifting your spirits with these days. But hey, let's watch well, a movie about a guy reason, wasting away in the wilderness. Yeah, I was thinking about this. You know, Gordon, uh, I think you're a fine speaker, but maybe not a motivational speaker. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I. It's a true story, right? It's a true representation of what so? took place. I just maybe last uh, year it was a good movie well, to watch. Here's, not here's in 2020. My, here's my question about that movie, though. I mean, what would have happened had he not found the bus? Well, would he? Uh, would, yeah. would he have turned around and hightailed it out of there quicker? And maybe there's been a people uh, dying trying to go find that bus. They had to remove the bus because people were dying trying to find it. The bus where they where the, it actually took place, yes. or the yes. bu- hmm. yeah, I thought I saw that. Didn't they airlift it out of there? Yeah, they destroyed it. Yeah. Tell you what, you come out of those up tempo records, man. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Well, sorry, you asked the question. <laughs> On that note, Gordon, you have yourself a wonderful night. <laughs> we'll try to find something. You. We'll try to find something uplifting tonight. We hope everybody can, uh, you know, uh, you know, finish the day on a high note. Get Don on the phone, would you? <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.